Did you bring your Bible tonight? Yes. If you did, go to the book of Isaiah, the 40th chapter. I want to get us ready for camp meeting tonight. It's going to be a little different. This is not necessarily a, a feed your faith kind of thing for, the, for your own personal life. It's feed your faith for uh, having a move of God at camp meeting. And participating in that. Because pastor, and I think many people sitting looking at me, wants it. That's right. <laughs> So uh, we're, we're hungry. We, we don't want to just kind of just kind of waltz into camp meeting and sort of, oh, oh, that's right. Okay, schedule starts. Let's see what, let's see what the preacher's got. How many of you know God has a part? The preacher has a part, but we all have a part. We all have a part. It's not okay if we come and just see, just see what, just, just see if. That's not okay. I mean, I mean, we, you, it ought to be, now I'm not preaching and backsliding, but it ought to be that, what, that we could come in, you know, Pastor I could come in half backslid, yeah. <laughs> hadn't prayed for two weeks, you know what I'm talking about, and come in here and we're so hungry and the anointing falls on him that he gets a sermon on the spot and preach one of the best sermons he ever preached. <laughs> he don't live that way, but you know what I'm talking about. Nor can a preacher live forever that way. But my point is, uh, we have a part in the services. And uh, so we want to learn about that tonight. Uh, preparing for a move of God. Preparing. Now, Isaiah 40, verse number 3, it says, The voice of him that cries in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. I want you to just see that one statement. Prepare. Everybody say Prepare. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. And so I want you to just catch that statement that God is a God that gets people ready. Yes. And we're going to look at that more in the New Testament. But go over to the book of Exodus, the 19th chapter. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm going to read the 10th and 11th verses. Exodus chapter number 19, verses 10 through 11. Then I'm going to skip down to verses 14 and 15. And so if you're there, say I'm there. Okay, I'm waiting because there's not many there. <laughs> <laughs> Exodus 19, Exodus 19, verse number 10. Okay, there, got it. There, everybody's there. All right, we're all there. We've arrived. Exodus 19, 10, 11, and then I'm going to skip to verse 14 through 16. The Lord said unto Moses, this is God speaking. Notice this isn't just a man. The Lord said unto Moses, go unto the people and sanctify them today and tomorrow. Sanctify, underline sanctify them. And today and tomorrow, and let them wash their clothes. Oh, I missed something. I, I missed something. I think, which verse am I reading? Okay, it is right. Okay. And let them wash their clothes. Look at this. And be ready. And be ready against the third day. For the third day, the Lord will come down in the sight of all the people upon Mount Sinai. Now, this is when he came down and gave them the Ten Commandments. And remember, uh, I won't, you can read this, we'll read a portion of it, but um, there was a cloud, the, the, the whole mountain shook, the, the glory of God came down, God himself came down. But notice then verses number 14 through 16, and Moses went down from the mount unto the people and sanctified the people. So in verse number 10, I want you to underline, sanctify them, and then be ready. Underline, be ready. And then here, sanctify the people. Underline that. And they, and they wash their clothes. And he said unto the people, be ready against the third day. Come not at your wives. Now, um, that just is a way of saying, you know, the New Testament says, don't, uh, uh, how's it say, um, don't, you know, resist your spouse. Uh -huh. 
in sexual relationships unless it's for a time to give yourself to fasting and prayer. So he's saying fast and pray and get ready in that manner as well. Amen. And then then he said that's only for a season, all right? We want to get that in. And sanctify the people. And then he said, be ready. Again, he said, be ready. And it came to pass on the third day in the morning that there were, thun- there, there were thunders and lightnings and a thick cloud upon the mountain, the voice of the trumpet exceeding loud, so that all the people that was in the camp trembled. And you can read the rest of that, which we won't get into. But the glory of God came. Why? Because they got ready for it. Can you see that? And then you come over into the New Testament. Luke refers to um, this Isaiah 40 verse, Luke 1 verse 17. There's other verses, but we'll just read verse 17. Luke 1 17. He shall go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah. Elijah. This is John the Baptist. And and, excuse me, turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. To make ready. So John is out there getting people ready because God is a God of preparation. Whenever he wants to do something, he gets people ready for it. Or let me rephrase that. He exhorts them to do some things to get ready for it. Now, now, um, we're going to spend some time on this tonight. I'm going to go a little different direction than I even planned to go. But um, what we see is spiritual things. Let's just say moves of God. Let's just say visitations. Let's just say uh, moves of the Holy Ghost. Let's just say camp meeting. Let's just say church services. All church services. They are not to be things we just run into and just plop down and just see what happens. We're to prepare ourselves not just naturally, but to prepare ourselves spiritually. And the Amplified says this, you know, here in Luke 117, the Amplified says, a people prepared in heart. Then it says rightly adjusted. And so we're going to get to that, but I want to just mention that now. There's a preparation that really to get the most out of what God wants to do of a service, of of a series of meetings, of a move of God, whatever, is that you come ready. Yes. Now, we're not just talking about the things we've shared in the past about, you know, do your laundry this this weekend or this week um, and, you know, get some meals prepared, set aside, do some natural things, get your bills paid, you know, things that, so you don't have to be doing that next week. We've shared on that. That's not really what I'm talking about tonight. I'm talking about spiritual preparations. Amen. Amen. You can do all that and not prepare spiritually and it really won't, it won't affect you. The meetings won't affect you like they should. Amen. And so, um, nor am I talking about what we as the, as the staff, the church, Pastor Debbie and I and the staff, uh, uh, church staff have been doing for months and months and months to prepare all the hotels and all the, the logistics of all the guest speakers in and out, flights and transportation and meals and all that. And, you know, just a whole lot of stuff. You'd be surprised how much has to happen. I got the best staff in the world, I think. Amen. Teresa didn't even say amen. Okay, whatever. <laughs> But, but I do. I got a good staff. Thank God for it. And so, but, um, but they've been getting ready. We've been getting ready. I'm talking about in the natural. But I'm not talking about that tonight. Amen. And so, if you really want something, you get ready for it. You start preparing for it. Amen. So, what we've been preaching about wanting it, we're applying it to this tonight. Now, um, you know... Back over in the Old Testament, Elijah 
had, was, the, was the leading ministry of the day, and he had miracle signs and wonders, and there was a young man named Elisha that wanted it. Yes. Right. Wanted that anointing. Yes. He was called to the same thing. You can't just have somebody's anointing if you're not called to it. Right, right. But he's called to the same thing. And uh, he was coming up and brought up by, there was a, made a divine connection by the Holy Ghost to, uh, from Elijah, Elisha had a divine connection from the Holy Ghost to Elisha. Why, why couldn't one be named Bob and the other one named Joe? But, but there was a divine thing there. But it wasn't enough that he was divinely connected. He had to go after it. So much so that when Elijah said, I'm going over here. I'm going to Gilgal. I'm going to Bethel. I'm going to wherever. Elisha said, well, yeah, I'm going with you. You can't shake me loose. I want it. Isn't that right? So, and so there are spiritual things that you have to want. But to, to really want, if you really want them, you do the right things to get ready. And that's what Elisha did for a long time. And eventually that mantle came on him. Praise God. Now, um, one thing you got to do is not be distracted. If you want it. Is not be distracted. Amen. Now, where was, we don't know where Thomas was when Jesus appeared to the other disciples in that meeting, in that room where Jesus walked through the door and, you know, and introduced himself. Thomas wasn't there. We don't know where, I don't know what Thomas was doing. Maybe he was out working a job or maybe he's doing something else. We don't know. Maybe he felt like, you know, he wanted to watch his favorite TV show or they didn't have TV, but you know what I mean. Maybe he was sleeping in. I don't know. But for the rest of his life, he's known as Doubting Thomas, even though we know, have a historical record that he did some things for God after Jesus' resurrection. But yet, for, everybody thinks of him as Doubting Thomas. Why? Because he's in the wrong place. He wasn't, at, he wasn't there. He was distracted by something. There's a connection between doubt and distractions. There's a connection between that. I don't know why I'm just weak in faith. Well, you got, it's not a faith problem as much as it is a distraction problem. So, but that being said, I'll give you a story on myself. I don't, I think it was 19, was it 1988 or 1987 where Brother Hagin at camp meeting uh, preached on the, the experience he had just had, the, I think the week before or something like that, two weeks before camp meeting, where he prayed out plans, purposes, and pursuits. Jesus caught him up to the, to the, uh, uh, to, into the spirit and he talked with Jesus and Jesus talked to him, gave him one of the most important things that Jesus ever spoke to him about in his ministry. And he shared that at camp meeting. Well, for, for, you know, I'd been around the, the campus for a couple of years. We went there in 1985. Um, am I right about 88, honey? That doesn't sound right. 87. 87. But um, so we'd been there a couple of years. Uh, I, I wasn't married. We weren't married yet, but um, I think we were dating. Uh, but anyway, so, but that's one of the most important camp meetings of all camp meetings ever. One of the most important camp meetings Brother Hagin ever had. Doesn't mean all of them weren't good, but you know what I'm talking about. This is, this is a message to the body of Christ. But so uh, anyway, but Pastor Jay was just a little immature at that, a little, little less mature at that time. And, um, you know, normally I always told my boss I had to be off at camp meeting and I always took the whole week off and everything. And, uh, you know, there's always pushback on that. 
because some people value natural things and if you're valuing spiritual things then you know they don't see the point but uh, anyway so normally I just stood my ground but this particular year they just they just kept pressuring me and then finally I gave in and I wasn't going to the night meetings Somebody eventually told me what Brother Higgins preaching on. I'm saying, that's it. I got so convicted. Uh So convicted. You know, I grew up with a real strong work ethic. And I mean, I was a worker. You know, my my job appreciated that. So they're just wanting me to work more and more. I mean, some people that work, you work, I don't want to get worked to the death. But you know what I'm talking about. They'll just keep working you and working you. So, uh, but, but see, in, and normally that ought, we ought to give our best and so forth. But whenever God's got something for you yes, in a meeting, Amen. it's not you being lazy Amen. to say, I can't work this week or what. See, I was working a commission job. I could work as much as I want. You know what I'm talking about? Or as little as I want to a, to a degree, as little as I want. So um, anyway, so they're just fresh. So finally I said, all right. But see, that was the wrong decision. I was distracted. Are you with me? I was distracted from where I needed to be. And after two night services, Brother Hagin preaching on that. Somebody told me what he's preaching. I got so convicted. I called my boss and I said, I cannot come in. And I got to camp meeting. Amen. Amen. Now I've grown a lot since that time. I've made a lot of changes. Amen. Amen. If the world splits in half and I need a way across the great divide to get to a meeting I'm supposed to be, I'm getting to yes, that sir. meeting. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Amen. Because I don't want to miss something. I don't want to miss what God has for me. And you got to be that way. You got to be that way. I don't know who I'm preaching that to, but you, maybe, maybe somebody needs to hear that. You got to want what God, give, what God has for you. Praise the Lord. So um, that's one thing. And then another thing is, in order to uh, prepare ourselves um, for these things, um, go over to Ephesians chapter number 2, verse number 19 through 22. This is going to be just a little bit of jumping around tonight, but you're going to get, you know, what the Lord has, and I'm going to get it out. Ephesians 2, we'll read verses 19 through 22. Now, therefore, you are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God, and are built, say built. Built. See, first he's talking about a house, verse number 19. Then he said, built, this house is going up, upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom the whole what? Building. Building fitly what? Frame. Frame. There's a building foundation going in. There's a frame going up. Fitly framed together, groweth unto a holy temple in the Lord. No, he's talking about us as a church. He's back there in verse number 19. You are no more strangers for He's talking about that whole church. So uh, that, those body of believers at Ephesus. And he said, you are growing into a holy temple in the Lord. Now notice, in whom, verse 22, ye also are builded together for a habitation of God through the Spirit. A habitation. Say habitation. God lives in us individually, but He wants to inhabit the the, the corporate gathering of believers and fill that corporate gathering with His glory like a house. They become a spiritual house. And you know, 1 Peter talks about ye as lively stones built up a spiritual house. You're a stone. You're a lively stone in this spiritual house. And it matters that you're here. 
One of the greatest amazing things in most camp meetings that I have seen, I'm not trying to get on everybody tonight, I'm just simply saying it uh, as, a, as something I've observed as the pastor. One of the most amazing things to me is you look out and you think, where's, where's our people? Here's all the visitors, where's our people? Amen. And so we're just talking to you about that. You matter. You being in your place matters. You have a supply to camp meeting. And, and I'll tell you, if, uh, if you're trying to fill a house with something in like, like heat or in the wintertime or something, and you got, you know, a whole part of a wall out because something's missing over here, it's not going to get full of that heat. That's the way you are. You're a, you're a stone in this wall, in this house. Amen. And we need you here. It's important that you be here. Praise the Lord. And so uh, with that in mind, you're a stone. And uh, so uh, be, take your place and bring in your supply. Now, um, Exodus 15, 2, I love this verse. The Lord, is the, the Lord is my strength and song. Exodus 15, 2. The Lord is my strength and notice my song. Say song. He has become my salvation. Praise God. We're saved and redeemed. He is my God. I will praise him. Now there's praise again. I will praise him, excuse me, I will, I, I, I said it wrong. I will prepare him a habitation, my father's God, and I will exalt him. So he got exalting God, praising God, and preparing him a habitation. Hallelujah. Say it out loud. I'm going to help prepare a habitation. Just like Ephesians says, we're built up for a habitation of God. Now notice, through the Spirit, a corporate container for God's glory to fill. <laughs> I don't know that much of the church world has a vision for the corporate anointing. Some have a vision for the anointing on an individual. But very few have a, have a vision or a cast the vision or teach the people about the corporate house. The greatest anointing you'll ever experience is the corporate anointing. Amen. Amen. That's the greatest. Hallelujah. And that's what Brother Hagin was endeavoring to get the church into in the Holy Ghost meetings. And uh, in one sense, uh, camp meeting is a Holy Ghost meeting. It is a believer's meeting. It is, uh, it's designed to whatever the Holy Ghost wants to do. And we're going to get to that. So, but the, entering into praise and worship and unity with the rest of the house is doing part of your part to, to create a habitation. Amen. So, and we'll get to that. But I just want to talk to you a little bit about unity. Yes. Uniting around this, this uh, the purpose of camp meeting and being in on what God's yes. doing. Uh, unity as a house. I was praying and, then, and you know, this probably goes over real good in some circles, but that's all right. I'm not known for throwing out things that are weird, <clears throat> but God said it to me. Uh, in the wee hours of uh, October, uh, one night, one wee hours of the morning, actually, on October 20, 25th, 2022, I was praying, and the Spirit of God said to me about this church and the move of God here, he said to me, this, talking about our church, is the best opportunity I've had in Iowa for quite some time. Amen. Amen. I didn't say that. And I, I don't think those kinds of thoughts. Those are not my way of thinking. But it apparently was the way the Lord was seeing some things. And you and I need to give heed to that. 
That is a, that, that says to me, responsibility. Responsibility. Say responsibility. Amen. Now, you, you, if you don't like it, that's fine. But I'm just telling you what the Lord said. I don't make those things up. I don't, I don't really think in those terms. I don't think about, you know, other churches. I don't, you know, just... I'm, I'm just focused on what God told us to do. But he told me that. And in the context was some things. That was a season where there was some things getting, beginning to get in the church uh, that some people were bringing in that were other influences, all right, all right. other visions. They had a vision for their way of doing it, uh, more of a seeker sensitive way of doing it, more of a, you know, I don't know, you know, please the people kind of thing. I'm not trying to, I'm not people conscious as much as I am presence conscious. His presence. I want him to be pleased. And we're going to spend some time on that because that's not like, it's not because we don't love people. It's that, 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 that's really their help. His presence is their help. His word is their help. Amen. And so we'll, we'll have to clarify some of that, but just hang on. But uh, so he said that to me, uh, this, church, this, your, this church is the best opportunity I've had in Iowa for, for quite some time. Well, um, why would he say a thing like that? Because as the pastor of this church, the overseer of this opportunity, I'm the overseer of his opportunity. You understand that? I'm to guard and protect the unity of the congregation regarding these things. And he was saying to me, there's some things that are trying to get in to, to undermine my opportunity. And so he was dealing with me, don't let those influences in. Now, people are welcome, but, but, but they're going to have to uh, come to the vision of the head of the church through what he's given to us in the word. And not go with their own plans because it's popular everywhere else. People do whatever they need to do. They'll, they'll stand before the Lord and give an account. I'm not their judge. They, they, they go a certain direction, whatever, whatever you feel like God's telling you to do. But I got to do what God's telling me to do. So he was telling me to watch over it and guard the unity of the house and not let some of these influences get in because it'll diminish his opportunity. He was talking about the move of the spirit when he was talking about his opportunity. Because that was the whole context of what he was talking to me about. I can't go into the whole thing. But um, through the book of Acts, you see this. You see when they were in one accord, in one place, suddenly. Yes. They, they were uh, in one, like Jesus said, go to the upper room and tarry there till you receive power from on high. They did that and they're looking for a move of God and suddenly. They're in yes. unity about that. Yes. They didn't have different ideas about what God wanted to do. And God moved in unity. Can you see, see what I'm talking about? And so when it comes to God being able to do uh, or move by his spirit, unity is one of the most important things um, uh, to put in place. Amen. He needs a place to accommodate what he wants to do. You know, somebody say, well, he can do whatever he wants. Well, uh, why doesn't he do what he wants to do in some other places then? He doesn't do what he wants to do in every life all the time, in every church all the time, in every ministry all the time. Amen. I've been to churches before visiting, and uh, you could tell the presence of God was there. You can tell they love God. You can tell they're saved. You can tell they, they, they love God and, you know, all that. But, but, boy, you get in the service, and the service will rise up, and you can sense the Holy Ghost wants to move, and boom, it hits something. I'm thinking of one church I've been to a number of times, and that happens. Boom, it hits something. Come on. 
Yeah. It just can't go any further. God wants to go further, but he, he's not able to go further. I was in a church recently, and, then, and they, they uh, wanted to talk about empowerment of the Holy Ghost. I thought, oh, this is going to be good. And, and he read the scriptures about tongues and the, and the power of God in 1 Corinthians 13 or, or, or 12, and that's the last he talked about it. He didn't want to talk about it. <laughs> Amen. Or else he doesn't know anything about it. You're looking at me real strange. I'm just talking about that's not the way it is here. Praise God. And so God needs a place that doesn't accommodate the will of the people. I'm talking about their fleshly desires or their mental thinking about God, what he wants to do, but that accommodates the God who meets the people. Amen. Accommodates his plan and a place where there's unity about that. You might say, well, I don't know why you're talking about this. I do. I do. I do. Praise the Lord. Ephesians 3.19. Look at this in the Amplified. Thank you, Jesus. We're endeavoring to create unity in this congregation concerning what we define as success. Tell your neighbor, what we define as success is a big part of God getting his way. Amen. Um, Ephesians 3.19 in the Amplified, this is the second half of the verse, that you may be filled through all your being unto all the fullness of God and have the richest measure of the divine presence. Look at that word measure. The richest measure of the divine presence and become a body wholly filled and flooded with God himself. Say that out loud, a body holy filled and flooded with God himself. He's talking about the local body. Talking about the body coming together, not just one person. God wants to fill all of us individually with the Holy Ghost. We know that. But he's talking about a whole body getting filled with a, which a, with a rich measure, measure of the divine presence. That tells you and that tells me that we can have different degrees of the manifest presence of God. Amen. You can have measures of his presence. You can have a greater depth of it. It can be weightier. It can be thicker. It can be greater. It can be stronger. Or it can be lesser. I'm going to get, get on the other side of camp meeting and say, Woo-hoo, we got it all. We got what God wanted to do. But it won't just be because I want it. But we all get into unity and call that success. Call that success. Be guarded about what we call success. Amen. To me, a a part of success in God is God getting his way. Amen. A greater degree of the manifest, manifest presence or going deeper into the things of God. Are you still with me tonight? Going deeper into the things of God, into the things of the Spirit, into the move of the Spirit. Hallelujah. Now, that's not the only thing, but that is a big part of success. God having his way, uh, and and especially when it comes to the move of the Spirit. And so, uh, there are churches that there are more people conscious than they are presence conscious. It's because they define success a different way. That's right. 
Now listen to me. I'm not saying people aren't important. They are important. But I'm talking about what really changes lives. Because people are important. We want what really changes life. Not what, listen to me, you know, a lot of times things today happen that get, get people into churches or get people into, into programs or something like that. And, and uh, the, the results, I think, what do they say, less than, less than 20%, it's like 10 to 15% or something like that of the people stick. It's because it wasn't done by the power of God, it was done by man's programs. It wasn't a transformed life. It was just committing to a, a uh, you know, a, a program or something like that. Man-made things. Are you still out there? And so uh, it's about what people call success. Um, success for us is, is like what I just said, God getting his way. And, um, you know, it's important how you look at that. Now, this will probably be the best attendant camp meeting we've had. It's going to keep on growing. But we got to realize it's not just about numbers. It's about God getting his way. Now we are told, I, I, I suppose it's accurate. If it's not accurate, it's because I'm just taking somebody else's word for it. But we're told in Azusa Street, there was never more than 75 people in the building at a time. I've heard other people have said more than that, but whatever the point is, it's not a whole lot of people compared to what came out of that. <laughs> it went around. In fact, let me rephrase that. It's still going around the world. And the only church group that's really growing is the, the people getting filled with the Holy Ghost. It's been that way since, uh, what, 115, 120 years ago. Somewhere in there. That, that started in Azusa Street and it went around the world. Woo, just seven, let's, let's say they're right about 75 people. That started with just 75 people. Isn't that an amazing? But that was the beginning of something so vast that it's still going today. After 115 or so years, 120 years. Um, and so, uh, let, let's just know that it's not a great number of people, but God's power flowing that has impact. I'm not just interested in something temporary. I'm talking about impact in the kingdom of God. <clears throat> Amen. And so, uh, in that great power and the presence of God and that anointing, Things were done that couldn't have been done with a greater number of people. Now, why would I say that? Why couldn't that not have done, been done by a greater number of people? Because it's more difficult to get a greater number of people into unity. That is the truth. The more people you got with the more kinds of thinking and the more church backgrounds and the more ideas of what God should be doing and is doing. The less agreement you've got. But God got a group of people. Actually, started out with just, what, a handful, like less, less than a dozen. I forget, there wasn't very many of them. And they're the ones that got, had the unity to bring that into the earth. Re reintroduce it. It came into the earth. The Holy Ghost came into the earth back in the day of Pentecost. But you know what I mean? Reintroduce that back because the church had lost that. Hallelujah. I was in the middle of the last move of God. And um, so I know a little bit about what it's like. <laughs> I know that um, the anticipation was so tangible. People lined up for hours, parts of days before the auditorium opened to get a front row seat. Because there was such excitement and such anticipation 
of what God or the Holy Ghost and his man were going to do. Because you didn't know what was going to happen in that service. <laughs> That's the way it was. And, uh, and so that's the kind of atmosphere that those, let's put it this way, because of those men's skill in flowing with the Holy Ghost, let's, let's put it this way, skill in interpreting the flow of the Holy Ghost. I'm going to use that word more tonight. Interpreting the flow of the Holy Ghost. Recognize where he's going and responding to it. And as a result, people's needs being met. Amen. The auditoriums, I mean, they filled up the biggest auditorium in Tulsa, the camp meeting, uh, uh, the uh, Tulsa Convention Center. Uh, In the earlier years there, they filled that thing up and and, and, and just running over. 12,000 people, I think it was. Hallelujah. That was numbers by the Spirit. Do you understand that's different than selling cars and giving away stuff and, you know. Or having programs to where yeah. it satisfies the mind of man or the flesh of man. We're not against numbers. We want to we do something that has real impact and that really changes lives. Why were they, why were they so uh, insistent on getting in those meetings and just lining up for half a day or whatever? Is because their needs were being met. They were getting answers. They were getting, their bodies were being healed. There were things changing in their lives, things that changed their, their whole future. Yes. Amen. Amen. So they flocked to those meetings, but those meetings didn't start out that way. They started out very small. Amen. Brother Hagin's meetings at the beginning, you could cut this auditorium in half and this, this half of the auditorium, and that's all the people he had. Yes. Yes. Amen. Even less than that, way back there. But he kept on being faithful. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. And eventually you couldn't get the people in the door. Hallelujah. And so uh, success for you and I in God is about going deeper. It's not about going wide. It's about going deep. And the depth will bring the width. Amen. Amen. And so, uh, but he wants us to look at natural things and define success a different way. We need to be in unity about this. And so going deeper is, is a development of spiritual things or spiritual depth that people can't see. So natural minded people will not often be impressed by it. This is different tonight. I know it's different tonight, but we need to think about some of these things. Naturally minded people will see uh, 300 people, however many people come to camp meeting, and they'll say, uh, okay, whatever. We got a church over here that's, you know, 500 or 1,000 or whatever. But does it have the same spiritual impact on people's lives? Or does it keep them shallow? Is there real transformation taking place? Real answers getting for real needs. Or is it just a dog and pony show? (laughs) Amen. And so we want to uh, not be just naturally minded, but look at what impresses God. We have to guard against wrong thinking about these things. Amen. Amen. Because it can discourage you. 
I said, the devil will try to use it to discourage you. Tell, tell me I'm telling the truth. He'll try to use it to discourage you. But I don't fall for that stuff anymore. I believe in numbers, but I believe in doing it with the move of the Spirit. And with, with the message that transforms people's lives. Praise the Lord. All right. So um, uh, let's go over to 1 Corinthians 3.16. First um, Corinthians three sixteen again in the Amplified he said do you not discern and understand that you the whole church at Corinth so he's talking not just about an individual here uh, he's, he's also talking about individuals but he's he's talking about the church as the whole the whole church are God's temple his sanctuary and that God's spirit has his permanent dwelling in you now look at this to be at home in you collectively as a church. And also individually. So he said in the whole church at Corinth um, are God's temple. And that God's spirit has his permanent dwelling to be at home in you. To be at, say, look at that term, to be at home in you. He's talking about a local church setting. He's writing this to the church at Corinth. And he's saying that God's spirit wants to be at home in you. Well, how many of you know if you're at home, you're comfortable? Right? And when you, feel at, when you feel comfortable, when you feel at home, um, things are drawn out of you that otherwise are not drawn out because you're at home. The Holy Ghost is the same way. When he's at home, when he's comfortable with a corporate people, a corporate body of believers... And he's, when he's at home, he's comfortable. Then we'll get flows out of him that doesn't come any other place. I know for myself, there's a lot of things I carry in God with myself. And a lot of people don't know about it. Because I'm not at home sharing it with them. I'm not comfortable sharing it with them. But there's other people, it says, and, and I get around them. And every time I get around them, it's like, I don't know why I'm saying this. I haven't told anybody this. But I'll share something that the Lord's talking to me about. They're just, they're just, I'm at home. I feel yeah, comfortable. Yeah. I'm safe. Yes, that's it. It'll be honored. It'll be received. It'll be valued. It, it won't be forgotten. It'll be written. Somebody will go home and write it down. Say, I'm in agreement with you on that, Pastor. Amen. Yes, sir. Amen. He needs to, the Holy Ghost. I'm talking about the Holy Ghost now. He needs to be at home here. Amen. And share things. It ought to be that people, Pastor Nancy or somebody else it starts saying, I don't know why I'm sharing this. I, it's just that, and, and, and okay, here's where God, I didn't plan this. I came into the service with my, and here's the Holy Ghost wanting to go over here. Yeah, yeah, come on, come on. Woo, the Holy Ghost is at home. The Holy Ghost is at home. <laughs> Hallelujah. You see, I mean, I don't mean this irreverently, but it's like when you go home, you kick your shoes off. And put your feet up on the coffee table and you start sharing out of your heart. Yeah. Well, we want the Holy Ghost. I'm not trying to be irreverent, but we want him to put his feet up and kick his shoes off. And start sharing the heart of God and sharing what, what, what gets us into things that we are desiring. You know. Woo, glory. Praise God. Praise the Lord. And so we should want him to feel welcome. It shouldn't be an afterthought in our services is what he wants to do. We should come. It's like, oh, Holy Ghost, what do you want to do? Praise the Lord. And so um, we want those things out of him. And so um, Pastor Nancy coming, 
Um, and, and by the way, back up on that. When he's at home, he can freely meet the needs of people. Yes. It's, it is about people. But it's about God having his way yes. to do what he wants to do in people's lives. Yes. And man not mixing his own thinking with that. Amen. Listen to me. Listen to me. Some of you have other voices that are around you. Giving you their ideas of God's will for the church. And it doesn't have anything to do with the local church. And it doesn't have much to do with a great move of the Holy Ghost. And we need to be in unity about this. Come on, we're going to be, we're going to be more and more in unity about this. But let me just say, um, Pastor Nancy, the Lord said this to me, and I'm just going to go. I'm just going to go. This was back in uh, January 31st, actually, of this year, 2023. In the wee hours of the morning, again praying, the Lord spoke to me and said, Pastor Nancy's ministry represents a new order. A new era, a new move of God. And now there'll be new faces on the forefront in the body of Christ. Her ministry represents a change in the order of things. Now, there's never one person alone that uh, is used in a move of God. But he's trying to, he's, what's he doing? He's encouraging me, number one, about my divine connection. But he's encouraging me. He's, he's wanting me to say that boldly <laughs> because he wants me to tell other ministers, get in these meetings. Not, not, not just this meeting, but her meetings. Uh, get, get, get into meetings. Do what is necessary. Pay, pay whatever you got to pay. Amen. Let the dead bury the dead, like Jesus said. I mean, you know, Dr. Dufresne used to say, oh, that person died, put him on ice till I get home, you know. <laughs> that was his way of saying it. But Jesus said, let the dead bury the dead. In other words, you do what you got to do to get in on what God's doing. You know, I have married a wife. I have bought a cow. How many of you know Jesus said there were people that gave excuses? I've bought land and I need to go see it. Nobody ever buys land without seeing it. Right. Come on now. These are excuses. Yes. Distractions. Amen. You have to want it. Amen. You got to want it. Yes, Amen. Amen. I'll tell you. So that's what he said to me about Pastor Nancy's ministry. It represents a new order, a new era, a new move of God. And now, now there'll be new faces on the forefront in the body of Christ. Her ministry represents a changing of the order of things. <laughs> Praise God. Now, there are ministries that have had a move of God in the past. I'm talking to somebody out there right now. They've had moves of God in the past, in their life, in their church, in their ministry, and it seemed to not be as strong now as it was then. And they, they might say, well, how do, I, you know, how do I get back to that? You got to go to where people are skilled in knowing the move of the Spirit. Get around the move of the Spirit. Get around. Yes, pray. We, we believe in prayer. Yes, pray. Absolutely. But get around the move of the Spirit. Because some of these things aren't taught. They're caught. 
And that's part of why you're here too, because there's some things that have to be caught and there's some people in the worship team that God wants to demonstrate some things. Come on. He wants to show you some things. And those that are over there, they're going to hear this because I'm going to give them an assignment to listen to this. Because I'm going to talk about, talk, talk about the worship team tonight. But, but it's a little like whenever I was at Rama in Bible training school, uh, training center, and then, of course, uh, healing school, and, and then, uh, of course, Brother Hagin's, you know, whatever, Winter Bible Seminar camp meetings and different things he did. We were at all of them. I mean, as many on the road as we could get to. We had a traveling schedule. We couldn't get to them all, but we, 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 we should have gotten to more, to be honest. Um, you know, after he's gone, you realize, my goodness, yeah. <laughs> yeah. the opportunities. Yeah. But anyway, so um, the, the point is that being around that, being around that all the time, um, I, I began to recognize, I, I, see, these are skilled people in moving in the Holy Ghost. And I began to recognize different things that were getting ready to happen. I began to recognize, he's going to start prophesying here just a little bit. Spirit of prophecy just came into the room. Or he, that, that healing anointing is getting ready to come. Or it would come on me or something. Yes. Yes. Now, it didn't come on me because I was, I was the one God wanted to use. It was coming on me because God was training me. Yes. And I began to sense, okay, the Holy Ghost wants to go this way. And sure enough, boom, there it goes. There it goes. Amen. What was that? I was in, in the training process. I was in the training phase because God wanted to use me in some of these ways. You understand what I'm talking about? And that's part of why David Ellis is coming, worship team. There's going to be demonstrations. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Now, over and uh, we're going to say this about some things before we finish that. Luke 117 in the Amplified. We read it in the King James, but look at the Amplified. Luke 117. And he will, this is... Uh, John the Baptist, he will himself go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn back the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient and credulous and unpersuadable to the wisdom of the upright, which is, oh, wisdom. What is wisdom? The knowledge and holy love of the will of God. In order to make ready for the Lord a people perfectly prepared in spirit, adjusted and disposed and placed in the right moral state. Okay, that's a lot of words. He's basically saying the wisdom of the upright, which is the knowledge and holy love of the will of God. Notice that a reverential love of the will of God is the adjustments that's necessary to make ready for God. Amen. Did you see that? Yes, sir. If you study that verse very carefully in that, in that language, in the, King, in the Amplified, it's basically saying the reverential love of the will of God is the adjustment that has to be made in order to, have a, to get ready for a move of God. You have to love the will of God. Now, you say, well, the will of God is for me to do this or that. I'm talking about, how about the will of God in a service? Let's bring it down to our services. We have to love his will more than our plans. Worship team. You're going to have to get, David Ellis is going to challenge you on this. 
And I'm telling you, it's going to challenge you to the core. But I'm asking you to get ready to love the move of God and the will of God when all your songs you prepared to play, none of them are what come out in the service. And you're going to have to go with it. And be Johnny on the spot. Because you love the will of God. You have a reverential love for the will of God. And that's the adjustment necessary to have a move of God. Jesus was getting ready to come on the scene. The move of God. He was, the, he was God, of course, but he's the move of God. And the, the, he's saying, get ready. Adjust to where you love the will of God. Even when it messes with your thinking, messes with your plans, messes, it, it messes you all up. I love the move of God. 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 That's how you get ready for camp meeting. I'm talking to the worship team. Amen. That's part of creating the right atmosphere of God to move. Oh, I got to get this out. If the anointing is on this song, then we don't have to go to our next song. If the anointing's not on this song, then, and, and, and David else says, let's go somewhere else. And you're like, oh, we only practiced that once. Or we practiced that just, you know, 10 minutes before the service. You're going to have to go with it. Amen. We don't have to go with what was planned. Because sometimes you can get in those, the, the practice session. Uh, and and, and it's, it just seemed to flow in the practice session. But when you get in church, it's just not there. Amen. Hallelujah. So, um, and, and congregation, get ready for this kind of changes of directions. Flowing this way for a while in the service and flowing this way in a while for service, uh, for a while in service. And be in unity about that. Hallelujah. Now, um, I got to skip some things here. Let's go over to 1 Corinthians 14. We got to start wrapping this up. Start to begin to commence. <clears throat> Worship team, I want you to hear this. Yes, sir. 1 Corinthians 14, 26 through 27 is talking about, it's, it's some New Testament instructions on Holy Ghost meetings. 1 Corinthians 14. Whew. 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 I just got a glory bubble. Whew. Glory, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. going to be good. going to be good. <laughs> We're getting ready. Look at verse 26. 1 Corinthians 14, 26 and 27. How is it then, brethren, when you come together? So this is not an evangelistic meeting where there's a lot of unsaved people there. He's talking about believers coming together. Every one of you hath a psalm, hath a doctrine, hath a tongue, hath a revelation, hath an interpretation. These are gifts of the Spirit. He said, let all things be done unto edifying. So if any man speak in an unknown tongue, let it be by two or at the most by three, and that by course, and let one interpret. And then he goes down through there uh, and uh, he talks about different ministries flowing together, especially prophets. Notice he said, let the prophets speak, down in verse number 29. Uh, let the prophets speak, two or three, and let the other judge. Okay, now, there, there's a whole lot here which we don't have time to get into, but he's talking about believers coming together, the Spirit of God moving through gifts of the Spirit, and then he's talking about ministries flowing together. And you're going to see this in Camp Me. You're going to see ministries flowing together. You're going to see help from the worship to help, to help the speaker, and there's going to be times other ministers are going to come up, and there's going to be a flowing together. 
And it's going to a higher level. But when he said something here that's very important. There's, there's multiple meanings of this. I wish I had time to get into it. I'm already running out of time. But, but he said, let one interpret. Okay. Each service is going to have an interpreter. Now, what is, a, is an interpreter just someone who interprets the tongue? Well, yes, that's part of this. But uh, there is, God has a, brother, Jesus said to Brother Hagin about some of these things, God has a plan for every service. Every service, he has a plan for that service. Tonight, I sense his plan was to help us get ready for camp meeting. So, but, but what is the plan for every service? Well, somebody needs to be the one who decides this is what God's saying. Well, yes, it's going to be the main speaker of that, yes, of that service. Yes, sir. That's right. In a sense, I'm the interpreter, but, right, but not exactly. Yes, you understand? Yes, because when we give it to Pastor Nancy, when we give it to Pastor Reich or Pastor Debbie or, or something, then they are sensing what God wants to do and they are taking us with them. Yes. Does that make sense? Now, so there should be only one interpreter in a service. Now, I'm not just talking about interpreting the tongue. I'm talking about the t- interpreting what does God want to do in this service. Does that make sense? So, um, and that is the person who is, is the main speaker that night. Now, but that doesn't mean, um, that, that doesn't mean that others don't have a part in that service. Anyone who has a part in the service, I'm talking to the praise and worship team now, anyone who has a part in the service should be, in one sense, uh, a part of knowing what direction God wants to go. They are not the main interpreter. They're submitted, but whenever the main interpreter says, you have something, or gives you that part of the service, like the the, the worship team is given part of the service. Or the, the main interpreter who's the main speaker that night says uh, some, somebody else has something yes, so, and calls them out. Yes. They're interpreting what God wants to do, but they are, they are in measure turning part of that interpreting over to you. Does that make sense? And you're responsible to get the mind of God for that part of the service. We haven't shared a lot on some of these things, but we're, we're sharing tonight. And so... The rest of the congregation flows with the interpreter. Amen. And so since praise and worship is at the beginning of our service, it's a huge part of preparing the atmosphere for God to have his way in every service. That means the praise and worship team has to prepare themselves to flow with the plan of heaven in particular. Amen. They have to learn the role of the interpreter. Now, we have only given like, we have given like, like, like David Ellis is going to be the under interpreter under us going with the meetings or the the person speaking that night. But he's, we've delegated praise and worship to him. So he's going to interpret what the Holy Ghost wants to do. And, and, but that doesn't mean all the rest of the praise and worship team should just go, well, whatever he says. You should be like I was in training in Rama, and you should be going, I'm sensing this. Let's see if I'm hitting this right. You're in training. I said you're in training. Hallelujah. So this verse here in 1 Corinthians 14, 26, 27, they're talking about believers meetings. Or you call them Holy Ghost meetings. That's a lot, lot basically what camp meeting is. And so there are going to be diverse and changing flows of the Spirit that happen either within a service or from one service to the next. 
So you can't say, well, we hit it last service. Let's do that again. That might not be the flow for this service. Amen. God has a plan. Say that out loud. God has a plan for every service. Amen. Praise the Lord. The Lord said to me back in 2018, he said, I want you to become more skillful in, in interpreting your services. If you'll do, the anointing will be stronger. And you know, the first thing he started dealing with me about the praise and worship team. That's why I'm talking to you tonight. Hallelujah. The Bible says it's the anointing that breaks the yoke, destroys the yoke. Not music, it's the anointing that destroys it. And when Jesus receives something, he anoints it. <clears throat> Hallelujah. If the anointing's not going, flowing, then uh, we're not hitting it. Amen. And it's okay to recognize you're not hitting it and start dipping for where it is. Maybe you don't just sing that song for the next three and a half hours. Maybe you just go ahead and bring it to a close and find out where he is anointing. And you're probably going to see David Ellis do that. What am I talking to you about it for? Because you're in training. Praise the Lord. So praise and worship team, there's a flow that God intends for every service. And so you're in training to learn how to flow with the Spirit. And that's one of the things God wants to do in this camp meeting. Praise the Lord. Uh, God needs us to cooperate with him to get to the highest flow. Amen. And so uh, in music, watch Brother David. The whole congregation should do this. But I'm talking to the worship team. Watch Brother David. Uh, when it comes to the move of the Spirit, the one leading the praise and worship is the interpreter of where the anointing is and, wh and where he's going. Yes, Amen? Amen? So when you, you should see yourself as ministers yes. in this meeting. I mean, all these meetings, all the church meetings and everything. And that means you don't just waltz in out of the flesh. You prepare yourself just as if you had you were interpreting the whole service. You have to get the mind of God for the flow of the Spirit in worship for the service. Now, now not for these services, you're in training, but David Ellis is not just playing video games all afternoon or, or doing whatever he does. He's, he's actually, in, he's, like a, he's preparing like a minister. And that's the way you need to start seeing yourself. It's like, I got to get the mind of God for this. Hallelujah. Amen. So it's not just about the pastor praying and getting ready. It's about the whole worship team praying. And really the whole congregation should prepare for a move of God. That means we can't be on auto, autopilot or uh, performance mode that just says, okay, we practice these songs. We're going to go into the service and, you know, without even thinking about it, just go in. We're going to sing these songs. Maybe not. Maybe not. And I sure hope not. Because you need some practice. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. You might need a couple of sets of songs ready because you don't know which one's right. Or you just be ready to flow with something you haven't sang for 20 years. Because it keeps coming up in your spirit. Pay attention to what keeps coming up in your spirit all day. Pay attention to that. Hallelujah. 
God said to Pastor Nancy, I want your church to be an example. That certainly would include the praise and worship. But he said to me, when I came to Cedar Rapids, he told me, he said, I want you to raise the standard of excellence of ministry in Eastern Iowa. (laughs) Uh, You as the worship team should have the same heart. Amen. Amen. Have that heart to raise the standard. It has been said, and don't let anyone, don't, don't ever let me catch anybody ever saying this. For the Midwest, this is, this is how good it gets in the Midwest. Don't let me hear anybody say that. The Midwest is not our standard. What God wants is our standard. That made me fighting mad hearing that. That showed us part of the problem. Praise the Lord. Amen. You have to have the kind of heart that raises the standard according to God's plan. The praise, and, praise and worship teams helps ministry. I need help in music. Camp meeting needs your help. It needs your commitment. Hallelujah. Personally, if I'm not telling you what to do, but I am suggesting that you pray about this. That if I had as big a role in camp meeting as some of you have, I would be taking the whole week off. To, be, to stay rested, to stay in prayer, to not be distracted. Absolutely. What about my budget? What about my financial needs? Well, what about it? What about it? My God supplies all my needs. Amen. Now, I need to reach for the highest level of excellence possible. Not just in music ability, but interpreting the flow of the Spirit and going with it. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's not just about musical ability, although that's important, but it's about interpreting. It's about interpreting and uh, going with what the the Spirit of God wants to do. And so to interpret your, to be an interpreter, you have to feed your faith to know what fits right now in the praise and worship and respond to it. Amen. Amen. That'll be how you go further in the realm of praise and worship. Praise God. That means you, as an interpreter, have to be adaptable. You can't be rigid. You you can't be, you know, stuck with what you had planned. This is helping all of us, isn't it? Just just humor me while I minister to the praise and worship team a little bit. But it's, but it's it's really helping all of us. This is strong, but this is the way it came to me. Don't hold the service hostage because of what you like, you had planned, or had practiced. Because you can't be adaptable on the spot. So the service is held hostage. Well, praise the Lord. Um, It's not about just leading, it's about being led. Because you are leading. You're leading the congregation. You see yourself as a leader. But yet, right on the other hand, you are, as a leader, not the, the one making the decisions. You are being led by the Holy Ghost. And you have to be leadable. I'm, maybe that's not a word, but anyway, spell check didn't like it. But anyway, so you can't go out there like, you know, we got, we're, we're good musicians. We're good singers. We, we, we hit the notes and all of that. Um, you might be good musically, but not a good interpreter. Yeah. Amen. Amen. 
And so the anointing doesn't get stronger in a service as you improve musically. It gets stronger as you go with the interpretating, or learn to ter- interpret what the spirit, the flow of the spirit is and follow it. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Not only following it, but learning to recognize where the, ch- the people are and taking them there. Yeah. And what the people want is not always where God That's wants right. to go. That's right. You have to learn that. Amen. Everybody still glad you came? Musical talent knowing the flow of the Spirit is two different things. And you have to have experience with God to know the flow of the Spirit. And that's why we're bringing in Brother David Ellis. And we brought in Deborah Banks here. We brought in Brother Philip. These are people that know the flow of the Spirit. And so we're wanting you to learn the flow. Learn the flow. It's like God had us around people. You know, that trained us in some of these things. I'm not saying I know it all. You understand. So, um, as the leader of praise and worship, you're following the whole time. Amen. You're following the interpreter over you. Because you're not the main interpreter. Who could be the person that's saying, uh, worship team has something. And from now on in services, we're, we're going to be talking to you more about this, is that at, at, at certain times, I'm going to be saying, now somebody has something. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yep. Amen? Yep. And we're going to be using you more in that way. Yes. Praise God. So you're, you're not just a follower, or excuse me, not just a leader, but you're a follower the whole time, and you're following the, the interpreter, you're following the, the leader, I mean, you're following the Holy Ghost, really. Yes. Amen. Amen. You really can't interpret unless you're a good follower. Praise the Lord. Amen. And you're not following personal taste. You're not following, I like this beat. Um, there are whole church groups that get into a rut of a certain beat. Because that's, the, that's what gets them going. <laughs> and that maybe was anointed one at one time, but maybe it's not this service. Amen. <laughs> Not personal taste. You might have a preference for a certain song, a certain beat, a certain groove, a certain set of songs, but that doesn't equal the leading of the Spirit. Always remember, it's not just about what, uh, it's, it's not just about what ministers to you. You're not up there just about ministering to you. You're ministering to the Lord. You're ministering in that service. You're ministering to the congregation. And really, you're ministering to the minister. Yes. Yes. Because if you can get the highest flow out of that minister, yes. you've done your job. Yes. You've done your job. Yes. Praise the Lord. Yes. Praise the Lord. Uh, so don't get rutted. Yes. You know what rutted is? Uh, people talk about ritualism or being ritualistic. Ritualistic is just as bad as ritualistic. <laughs> <laughs> you know, rich, yeah. ritualism, that means, okay, this is what we do. We do one fast, two slow, you know, whatever. Who said? Who said? So we're, we're flowing. This is a, a flow. Can't mean it's a flow time. And I'm telling you, we learn to flow and follow and change flows and get in a different flow. More needs will be met than we could ever have done in five years. Stand with me to your feet. So, so come uh, limbered up spiritually. You know what I mean? Not all ritualistic, ritualistic. You know what a rut is? It's a casket with both ends knocked out of it. That's what it is. All right. 
Yeah. <laughs> Woo, okay, all right. Maybe you weren't ready for Pastor Jay tonight, but. <laughs> Hallelujah. We come limber, we come ready to flow. Woo, glory, glory, glory. And uh, that's the beginning of things. This, these are seed meetings. In other words, we're sowing the seed for, for the move of God in eastern Iowa. Father, we lift our hands tonight and we consecrate ourselves and we prepare ourselves. We set ourselves to follow your plan. Lord, what wisdom it is to holy, have a, a, a holy love for the will and plan of God in all our services. Yes, our lives, Father, but our services. Father, we are consecrated to the will of God. We give ourselves to prayer. We give ourselves to preparation. We give ourselves to uh, separating ourselves. And in, in, uh, even if we have to work during the day, Father, we separate ourselves. We, get, we come and give ourselves time to get quiet and be prayerful and consecrated to the will of God for the service. We bless you and thank you for the highest flow. We reach for the highest flow in these meetings. May every person function in their highest office in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Glory to God. Are you in agreement with that? We agree together, Father. We call for it in Jesus' name. We thank you for bodies being healed. We thank you for lives being transformed. We thank you for people set free from oppression, demonic depression, and demonic works and activities. We thank you for ministries being restored. We thank you impartations will be made, that ministers will leave this meeting full of the fire of the Holy Ghost, rekindled in their calling, Father, strengthened, having been imparted to. And we thank you the body of Christ will uh, benefit from these meetings, lurch forward because of these meetings. Lives will be changed. Lives will be put on course. Ministries will be put back on course. We give you all the praise for it in Jesus' name. Thank you, thank you, thank you for the great privilege and honor that is ours to be a part of it. We don't take it lightly. We don't come into these meetings just to see what's going to happen. We come in hungry, Father, bringing our supply of faith. We're in agreement with the leading of the Spirit. We're in agreement with as the interpreter leads us in the, in the service. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Oh, Father, we look for the highest flow. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, we give you all the praise and all the glory. We thank you for the corporate anointing moving, even without the laying on of hands, bodies being healed and lives being changed in Jesus' name. Oh, we love you for what you are, who you are, and we thank you you'll feel right at home here to, in these meetings in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We speak rest. We speak refreshing to all the ministers that are traveling to come. We thank you, Father, for rest and, and, and refreshing for the worship team. Uh, I, I speak strength to their voices, strength to their bodies. And I thank you, Father, that these meetings are catching meetings and that they're catching what they need to catch. We give you the praise in Jesus' name. 
And we thank you. Not only does the anointing fall out here, it falls on Brother Juan as he interprets. And that anointing flows into the Spanish-speaking world in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. We thank you for impartations through the internet. We thank you, Father, for bodies healed through the internet. Glory to God. The same anointing that manifests here moves through the internet. And we give you all the praise for it. And we receive that by faith in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. We're in one accord. We say we're in one accord, Father. We unite around your plan. And we thank you, Father. It will all come to pass. Just what we said, just what we prayed, it will all come to pass in fullness. And your heart will be satisfied, Father, because your will was done. And we got the highest and the best that you had for us. Oh, we give you all the praise in Jesus' name. We thank you for the power of God, the, the impartations that will happen in prayer school. Lord, I'm, I've just kept getting that. Prayer school is supposed to be a time of impartations. We thank you for impartations. Those that attend prayer school, that they'll come out with having caught something. A spirit of prayer in the name of Jesus. And that flow is, is, is caught in the name of Jesus. We thank you for impartations in the, in the worship school. We thank you for things that are caught in the worship school. Hallelujah. We'll give you all the praise for it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. We agree on all these things as one body of believers. And Father, thank you for the privilege of hosting these meetings. In Jesus' name, we'll step up and give our all and give our, our full faith and all of our energy and strength and we'll bring our focus on, on what needs to be focused on, Father, and not be distracted. Hallelujah. If you, that's your prayer and you're consecrating to that, say, Amen, 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 Amen. I'm looking forward to seeing miracles, signs, and wonders. Praise the Lord. Amen. I'm excited. So come ready Sunday morning. Uh, get, your, uh, get your laundry done. Do you know how to do all that too, right? All right. Turn to somebody and say, I'll see you on Sunday morning. I didn't see Pastor Debbie. Go ahead. Two things uh, while we're, and I just wanted to stay in this anointing. That's why I'm saying it tonight. I was, you know, writing down some things for tomorrow. But I primarily just, you know, we want to give Brother David that. Uh, worship team, don't dilly-dally. If you come up here, if you're asked to come up, have a song ready, have something ready. Don't be, oh, yeah. okay, and, you know, looking around. I don't care what minister you've seen do that. We don't go that route. Right. Right. Okay, we don't roll that way. Yeah, Brother David or anybody else does that, that's it. That's okay, but yeah. you don't do that. He won't. He'll, he'll be up here, Johnny, on the spot. Amen. No, I'm not saying. I'm, I'm just saying you may think, well, he's taking time or this or that. Just know, be ready yeah. with something or, and, and be ready to follow. Okay, don't get up here and just kind of look around, kind of figure. If you notice, when I come up here and give something out, I just go with it. I do not come up here and kind of look around this and that. You got it inside of you. Be ready with that. Yeah. Um, secondly, what was I going to say? Well, para lemo. Okay, thank you. I had to draw it out. Ministers are going to be in this meeting that have things in them that need to give it out, that desire, that just hunger to give it out. There are things that are inside of them. You help set it up for them. 
This is not a service you're setting it up for yourself. Yeah. And prim primarily talking to the worship team here. Many of you are young in these things. There will be a day and a time, maybe years <laughs> come by, that you're doing your own meeting and then it's going to be different. But you are setting it up for those who are anointed for this time. If we call yeah. on you, you're going to be anointed for this time. You don't have to be concerned just, or worried or anything like that. You'll have the anointing. Just, just flow with it. Uh, but I'm just saying, uh, there are things in me with spiritual songs and hymns and, and things that I need to get out in this era. And I'm going to be in times of prayer and, and just preparing and ready for that. There are things that Brother Ramos... Pastor Ramos has yeah. in him. Pastor Nancy may call on him during this time. There are other ministers, maybe in the meetings, that they may call on that have things. And we have to be just get in there and get out of the way. Uh, Brother David is very skilled in that. Yeah. And, and he The Lord told me he's an interpreter of the worship. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So in that respect, we realize that these meetings are set up for those who have higher anointings. I'm not saying that. You, you understand what I mean. Um, that have higher anointings that need to, to give it out. Sometimes there will be words of knowledge. There will be gifts of the Spirit. There will, there will be things that you may think, well, I got this and this. Well, just set it up for the ministers yeah. that are there and let yeah. the interpreter <clears throat> call forth and, and let Brother David help get it because he understands that. Yeah. Like I said, there are things that need to come out, and, and that's when we will see the miraculous as we're working together to do that. Yeah. And because there are desires not in me to just, it, there are things that have to come out, and these are the, these are the settings that it's going to come yeah. out. Amen. I'm, there are meetings I'm in, I'm not the interpreter of that service, and there are others that need to give it out. But in these services, you need to believe God that Pastor Jay and I are able to stand into our higher offices. You yeah. need to believe God that Pastor Ike and, and, of course, Pastor Nancy and, you know, stand in their higher offices. And then also, I always pray this, that, that they would stand in the offices that we need at the time. Amen. Yeah. Because there's a desire not to be seen of men, but there are things inside of us that have to come out yeah. or ministers can get grieved. Yeah. And there's a time that you're moving up and you're moving up and you're moving up and you're seeing things. And then the Mosandekita and oh, Yakango Hallelujah. And the assistance of the atmosphere of the room must be present to be able to utter it. For that which is seen is not necessarily always given utterance for uttering it. And so receive and be hungry and be ready to receive what the Spirit wants to say. And you'll get the highest flow. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Yes, yes. And so another level you'll go into in these meetings. Yep, stepping up, stepping up. Ha, ha, ha. Don't think, well, I've just been stepping up. Yeah, you're stepping up again. Glory to God. And going into another place, another room. Another room for its time. Praise yeah, God. The, the, the desire to be filled. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> now, when, when, uh, when the worship... Well, glory. Your job, worship team, this is going to be, others are going to listen to this. Your job 
is not just sit there and enjoy the service. Your job is to sit there and go, what is the Holy Ghost? If I were not, you might not be asked to, to take the lead. But if I were to take the lead, if they said, somebody's got a song, what fits here? What's, what's the Holy Ghost? That's part of your job. You're not just sitting there going, whoa, this is a good service. Uh, somebody's got something. Oh, I don't know. I wasn't, I wasn't looking. I wasn't yeah. dipping for that. Yeah. 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 Does that make sense? Yes, Pastor Nancy's meetings, I'm always dipping. Yes. <clears throat> she might call on me at any time. Yeah. 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 She'll, she'll come out and say, like th- three minutes before the, or five minutes before the service, uh, or have one of her staff come out and say, would you receive the offering tonight? You know why I'm always keeping continuing to be used? It's because in the hotel room, I always check my spirit. If I was asked the, to do the offering night, what would I say? Yeah. Yeah. Amen. I'm always ready. Yes. Amen. When you're not ready is when you stop getting asked. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. That's the way I train my spiritual sons. I ask them five minutes before, would you receive the offering? <laughs> if it's good for me, it's good for you, you know. Woo, it's going to be a time. It's going to be a time. Praise God. I am, I am so thrilled. Praise the Lord. So turn to your neighbor as you go and say, I'm going to be ready when I show up at camp meeting. How about you? Amen. You're dismissed. Oh, oh, the Holy Ghost just said something. I take authority over every distraction that would try to rise up through family members of those that are to participate in this camp meeting or any carnal person or any situation where the devil sees to think that he has an open door. I say, Satan, you'll not distract them. You'll not harass their life. You'll not try to pull them out of the anointing in this camp meeting. It will not happen. I bind you in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to glory to God. 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 Praise God. Glory. Glory. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. So our focus is set, right? Our focus is set. Amen.